Welcome to the One More Turn, One More Show, End of the Year Festival. We've gotten together a whole party of our guest expert friends and five more question guests to celebrate our favorite moments in games for 2014. This could include a favorite game, person, trend, experience, or really any other moment that might make someone just bubble up with excitement. This year we've gotten together a simply amazing group, and we will start off with Alice Lee, publisher of the Yearbook Office and co-host of the Girlfriend Mode podcast. Enjoy! The game of the year is The Sims 4. That much is clear. Now before you get all up in arms at me about your Destiny or your Dark Souls 2, hear me out. With the base game, I was able to make a Sim that looked like me. And that might not seem so unusual, but I'm a pretty unusual person. I'm Asian, but I'm also very tall, I have a deep voice, even though I'm a lady. And I'm fat, really fat. And I still dress like a 21-year-old in floral print dresses with short hemlines. And sometimes I wear a plush bear hat. My sim is all of these things too. I showed a picture to my friends and they all agreed that it was an uncanny resemblance. I've made characters in video games before. I've made a custom skateboarder in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 my Twilight Jedi Sorcerer in the Old Republic, my Commander Shepard, so on and so forth. But they were never me before. My Sim is me. Actually me. And that matters. It matters a lot in a year when a hate group rebelling against women asking for better representation has hijacked the conversation about video games as a medium. I always knew representation was important, but before I played Sims 4, I never understood what actual representation felt like. It's amazing, and now I want it in every game. 2014 was a year when I realized I could be demanding a lot more from the media I consume. Now, with access to tools and distribution through the internet, everyone is making games. And that means you no longer need to settle for a AAA blockbuster or even a buzzy indie game that everyone's talking about. For me, that's The Sims 4, but for you, it can be anything. My Sim is a novelist, although she's either a genius or a hack, I'm not sure. She can write a book before dinner and another by morning. She works as a blogger, though she hates it and she gets embarrassed if you walk in on her using the bathroom. Or, to let her say it. If that is not Game of the Year material, I don't know what to tell you. Hey esports fans, I'm Matt Albrecht, host of the YouTube show 4Play, a sexy Let's Play-style show spotlighting local multiplayer gameplay and featuring guests from all walks of gaming and geekery. In 2014, a resurgence in local multiplayer gaming is what made this year such a thrilling one for me, inspiring me to launch 4Play a few months back in August. But this rebirth wasn't just Nintendo continuing in their storied couch tradition with Mario Kart 8 and Smash Brothers for Wii U. Indie developers made waves with instant classics like Crawl, Speedrunners, Mount Your Friends, Hidden in Plain Sight, Gang Beast, Nidhogg, and so many more. Part of what made these types of games so appealing in 2014 is the increasingly honest discussion around the everyday harassment-filled experience of playing with strangers in online games. For many, 2014 was a year to shrink one's gaming circle in an attempt to remain remotely optimistic about gaming and those strangers who share your hobby. Gathering a group of trusted friends for a drink and cozying up on a couch with four controllers became more than a grab for nostalgia. It became, for me, a way of reclaiming excitement about games and strengthening relationships along the way. 
Hi, I'm Cory Nolan, a hobbyist game developer whose games and blog are up at CoryNolan.com. In 2014, uh, the most exciting thing for me was the rise of local multiplayer games. Uh, whether with the big games like Smash and Mario Kart, or uh, any of the cool indie games released like the Dark, Dark World levels in Towerfall, uh, Gang Beast, or Samurai Gun, there's just been a million good reasons to invite all your friends over and come spend several hours just hanging out on your couch and play video games. There's pretty much no excuse for it, so do it now. Hi, I'm Alex Roberts from your favorite RPG podcast, The Tabletop Superhighway. I played a lot of really nice games this year, but the one that stands out the most for me is Nina Freeman's How Do You Do It? It's about being a little girl and having the vaguest possible notion of what sex is and trying to figure it out with the very limited tools at your disposal and not really getting it and just being confused and ridiculous about the whole thing. I never would have thought that someone could make a game about that, but they did, and it's fun and honest and cute, and you could play it for free on the internet. You could go play it right now. Do it. Big thanks to Nina Freeman and to everyone who made cute games in 2014. Hello, this is Neve Schoner. Uh, you probably know me from uh, my blog, Bump and Level Grind, as well as my games, uh, All Tomorrow's Parties and Curry's Part 1 Doll, uh, my curry-making game, and also for my appearances talking about Chrono Cross on uh, both this podcast and also the Super Marcado Brothers. So I feel like 2014 was a uh, strange year for video games, to say the least, um, and it was a very interesting one for me as well. Um, because I feel like I'm sort of getting into the world of it a lot more than I had been before um, at the same time that I'm sort of there's this whole movement making it clear that people like me aren't necessarily welcome in all facets of gaming um, but in, in many ways it has been good and the, the big event that stands out to me uh, was when I went to QGCon, the Queerness and Gaming Conference uh, that was in Berkeley earlier this year and actually met up with uh, Kevin there for one of the days. But that was just a, a great space and uh, just a, a wonderful event. I met a lot of awesome people there, and I, I really hope that that is more what the, the future of gaming is going to be and not these other horrible things that we've been seeing. Thanks again to Kevin and Jim for having me on for the Chrono Cross episode, and I hope you have a happy new year. Hi, I'm Cameron Kunzelman from thiscageousworms.com and heylookatmygames.com and twitter.com slash ckunzelman. And uh, I got super hype about Assassin's Creed in 2014. Uh, I just started out last uh, January and started playing them all back to back to back to whatever. And uh, so I made it from Assassin's Creed to Assassin's Creed Unity. And there's a lot of weird decisions and a lot of mistakes and uh, a lot of just strange, cool game in the middle there. I, you know, I really love small independent games. I really love medium independent games. Uh, and uh, Assassin's Creed is probably my big sort of AAA blockbuster franchise that I can really get behind. I really like playing those games and seeing the mistakes that get made or the moments where the design decisions from different studios who happen to be working on the game just don't really in mesh very well. Uh, they don't really cohere into anything uh, particularly interesting or special. I like these moments of maybe not failure, but uh, incommensurability, where 
some ideas just could not touch other ideas without creating some sort of huge thematic or narrative or whatever uh, piece of content. So uh, strangely, Assassin's Creed Revelations, a game that's sort of universally hated as far as I understand, I really think is brilliant. And I really think it's got a lot of moving parts. And I think that uh, it's just more interesting than some of the others. Assassin's Creed 3, despite being probably the least polished and the least mechanically sound Assassin's Creed game, uh, is super, super interesting in the sense of its reach tried to go so far and what it was able to grasp and actually capitalize on and make work wasn't really there. There's There's not a lot of actual exciting or fun game to play it's more just uh entertaining these ideas that are kind of there so in 2014 that's what i got hype about i got super excited about the assassin's creed franchise i want to take my last few seconds here to give a huge shout out to kevin and jim for doing one more turn it's a huge amount of labor and i really like the show i really respect it and if you're listening to uh this episode right now and me talking right now it probably means you feel the same way uh so don't edit this out guys uh, I think the show is amazing. I'm super excited about what you get up to in 2015. And for everyone listening right now, I hope you have an awesome 2015 as well. Hi, I'm Merrick Opaz. You might know me from my games. Uh, Consensual Torture Simulator, Hug Punks, or Space Off. Uh, or my website, Forest Ambassador. In 2014, I learned, or I guess I was reminded, that games communities can be really hard spaces to be in. I think it was a hard year for a lot of people, uh, which is kind of an understatement. But I also was reminded that people involved in games communities can do really great things. I helped put together a bundle for that benefited the Ferguson Public Library, which has been a really important site of community support in the wake of the protests resisting uh, white supremacy and anti-black state violence, and a bunch of developers donated their work to the bundle, and we put it online on itch.io for two days, and over those two days, the bundle raised over $12,000, all of which went directly to the library. It was a really incredible thing to see. Um, I didn't expect that it would do that well. Uh, we couldn't have done it without the help of the site's founder, Leif Corcoran, and it was just a really incredible thing that happened. So I guess I was reminded that in the midst of all of this terribleness, in the midst of all of the awfulness that games cultures can sometimes be, good stuff can happen and people can do good things. Hi, this is Kevin King, co-host of One More Turn. You know, there's no way around it. 2014 was sort of a rough year in gaming with some of the worst stereotypes bubbling up, exposing, perhaps reaffirming to the general public, this subculture's darker traits. Sexism, hacker attacks, arrogance, and just plain cruelty. But I refuse to remember this year for that. I refuse to dwell on the wretchedness of a small but loud minority. And instead, I choose to focus on what people made positive changes in 2014. You know, if this year reminds me of anything, it's it's for the great people who stepped into the light, speaking to the world at large, and refusing to let gaming be defined by its more terrible elements. You know, brave people like Brianna Wu and Zoe Quinn, who exposed the world to such awfulness by putting themselves out there to the general public when few wanted to speak up. You know, I remember compassionate people who helped raise money for the local library and the Devs for Ferguson bundle, including Merritt Copas, Anantropy, Icewater Games, Ian McLarty, 
John Kearney, Pink Tree Leaf, Connor Sherlock, Cameron Kunzelman, Ian Snyder, and Robert Yang. And I'll remember giving people like those who offered up a portion of sales to contribute to the global fund to fight AIDS, including developers for Clash for Clans, Ida's Journey, Puzzle and Dragons, and Threes. This is what I remember 2014 for, a chorus of voices of, for positivity gathering together to elicit good in the world, coming forward to bring light to the future of our culture. Hi, I'm Stephanie. I'm Kevin's wife, and this year I am thankful for my husband's wireless earphones so he can play video games and let me read next to him peacefully. Hi, I'm Chirac from Ujevipo, and my English is terrible. I'm sorry. In soccer, it is said 2014 is the year of the goalkeepers. In video games, maybe 2014 is the year of the journalists. It started pretty bad with the closing down of Free Indie Games, one of the few websites focused on free exper experimental indie gems. But uh, Warp Door and a bunch of other ones quickly took over, and I feel the small innovative indie games have never been that visible than in 2014. In France, the video game press had been brought back to life with uh, JV and Games, two magazines who proved there still was room for quality journalism, and investigation. Cara Ellison did the same with her Embed with Games, and her successful Patreon showed that pure independent journalism was not just a dream. And uh, of course, uh, Gamergate happened. And when its supporters tried to convince themselves it was actually about ethics in game journalism by targeting the most ethical journalists, those ones remained strong and kept up the good work. Uh, so for all these reasons, I want to thank those journalists who fight to raise the bar of video game and to wish them a happy new year. Hi, this is Daniel Bucci from superftc.com. You may know me as the maker of Rodman vs. Kim one-on-one, -on -one, uh, and I've got a new game coming out, Jetpack Jesus, which should be out you know, in the next few weeks, but I've been saying that for a year, so who knows, but keep an eye out for that. 2014. 2014 was a cool year for me, because I like to develop my games independently, and, you know, most games that I make are just everything is done by myself, and 2014 introduced a lot of tools that sort of let me accomplish that, uh, which has me, like, very excited for the, you know, future of the games that I'm going to make and the potential that these tools, you know, offer. So I started programming in a new language called Hacks, which lets me put the games not just on Flash, but also on Unity, and no, it doesn't let me put it on Unity. I'm an idiot. Uh, Android and iOS is what I'm trying to say. Unity was the other tool that I learned, uh, and that one's the same way, where it's just like you make a game once, and then you can just play it, you know, anywhere on Android or iOS or anything like that. So I'm very excited, and I'm hoping that, you know, future games can be put on any platform and you know that was probably my favorite part of 2014 uh seeing stuff like that and then also some things like steam early access were really cool for me because even though there's just a ton of sludge in that and a ton of games that are just being put out but then never completed um it's nice to see that there's sort of an opportunity for the smaller developers who are taking the risks and putting out the interesting games it's nice to see that they can have their games exposed and be able to put those games out as 
many places as, you know, the larger developers and the people making the Call of Duty and the Halo year after year. So uh, that's what has me excited for, you know, the future of gaming. And uh, I look forward to 2015. Hi, this is Whitney Reynolds from the I Haven't Seen That podcast and the Brian Weekly podcast and from being Whitney Arner on Twitter and from being on a couple of episodes of One More Turn. And um, in 2014 in gaming, I have a couple of things that have been my favorites that have really meant a lot to me. And uh, the first thing is Kim Kardashian Hollywood. And I mean that with the utmost sincerity. I started playing that game in June, I think, June or July, and I have played it literally every day. And I can't think in my life of a game where I could I can say that about it. Uh, and I have enjoyed it almost every day. There were some times I'm like, oh my god, this oh, three 24-hour photo shoots in three days, that's dumb. But it's something that I, I genuinely enjoy from a the writing perspective of it. It's got a subversive, fun bent to it. And the art style is great. And... I just didn't, it's, it's something that I find rewarding and enjoyable and it makes me happy, especially because it makes dudes mad, dumb gamer dudes mad. But outside of Kim Kardashian, I'd say my number two favorite gaming person of 2014 is Scott Benson, Scott Bombsall Benson and his game Night in the Woods. Uh, I met Scott on Twitter this year. And I didn't even know that he was a gamer guy. He's just been this uh, wonderful person who has unlocked all these other wonderful people, all these, uh, you know, indie game devs. And I was sort of out of the gaming uh, game, (laughs) if you will, um, for a while because of of various uh, disgusts and upsetness. But uh, he's opened the door, Scott has opened the door to, to all these really cool people and really cool little games. And uh, Night in the Woods is going to be so amazing. I've I am pri- I've been privy to, you know, I've gotten I you know called him up and was like I'm upset. Tell me the whole plot of your game, and he did. And it's going to be a great game. And everything that he touches is really nice. So Scott Benson, Night in the Woods, and all of the wonderful indie game stuff that he touches or is is associated with. These these are my two. These are my two favorites, Kim Kardashian and Scott Benson. Together, they break the internet. Happy 2015, everyone. Bye. Hello, this is Jim Staholsky, co-host of This Year Podcast, and it's a little tricky to talk about one title when all of my recommendations for this year are pretty well documented on this show. But there was one game I mentioned previously as being the most important experience for me, and it was Uncle Who Works for Nintendo by Michael Lutz and Kimberly Parker. When I first recommended Uncle Who Works for Nintendo, it was for the horror, for reconsidering my personal, seemingly abusive relationship with games as a hobby or community. But there's more to it than that. While the stagnant atmosphere certainly gives me the creeps, it's the relationship with your friend and the dialogue with her. That's the focus of this game. This is a game about friendship, how personal bonds are made from just more than just having similar interests. And the looming horror of the video game uncle certainly, you know, serves as, as an embodiment of fear and abuse. 
the most powerful moments happen when discussing how friends care for one another just in the face of adversity, in the form of an apology for not standing up when a friend is picked on in school for her hobbies. Remember, you're not friends with someone solely because they may also play games or because they read at the same frantic pace that you do. You're friends because you love them. Let them know that. We want to thank everyone who came on the show today and contributed, as well as uh, many thanks to all our guests this year, including Matt Albrecht, Cameron Kunzelman, Alice Lee, Corey Nolan, David Pavlis, Lindsay Pavlis, Whitney Reynolds, Alex Roberts, Neve Schoner, uh, as well as anyone who did uh, some five questions interviews with me this year, including Anna Antropy, Bart Bonte, Daniel Bucci, Pierre Carbonias. Simon Flesser of Samogo, Jason Greenblatt of Freehold Games, Alan Hazelden, Christine Love, Tom McHenry, Nicholas Nigren, Mihail Popov, St. Bomber, and Shamage. Also, much thanks goes out to Pixel Hate and Breakbeat Heartbeat for providing the music, IED and Blue Paint. And finally, a special thank you goes out to you, the listener. You know, you really make this show go, and, and we hope you had a wonderful year. See you in 2015.